Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? Well, I'm rocking my UCF shirt today. I know, right? Go Knights. Charge on. Those that are watching us on YouTube or those that are checking out some of the reels that John Coleman has been cutting up Word. using content from these episodes. By the way, they are on fire, Thank John. You. You're doing a good job. No, you finally figured this shit out, dude. Yeah, it takes time. Two and a half years. Don't timestamp it. Two and a half years from when we started. Hey, but that's your thing. Just give me two years. Just it give is. me two years. Just, and just, just give, give me two, two years. years. Yep. But no, I'm rocking the UCF shirt because today is the first game oh, yeah? of the... 2022-2023 college football season. Were you guys season. playing some MEAC team that needs the travel money? Yes. That's so that we can prepare for a rematch, a uh, rubber match, a revenge game against Louisville. Okay. So we take on uh, the Cardinal of Louisville mm -hmm. next Friday. Who are y'all playing tonight? Or it's like South Carolina State. Right. Is it yeah. a home game? Home game. Are, yeah, you, yeah. are you going? Yes. Oh. Am I going? Does a bear shit in the woods, John? I, I, I was just making sure, man. I was just making sure. Unless you live in my sister-in-law's neighborhood, then the bear shits in your driveway. There you go. But for most people, that's where they, they tend to defecate is in the woods. Only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, okay. I don't know how you prevent a bear from shitting in the woods, but you can prevent forest fires by being more like Smokey the Bear. See, that's, come on, man. That's there we go, full on. circle. Hey, some of our audience members, man, they're so young, they're not even millennials anymore. Really? Yeah. So we have to like explain some of this boomerisms to them. I know, but no, nah, that's what Google's for. They don't understand it. They can look that shit up. You think so? That's what they do. Okay. That's how they make it through life. Is that how they're finally finding your reels? Because you realize you you figured out how no, to actually. It's the, it's the it's the algorithm that Instagram has instituted for the next three to five months. That's I'm pretty really sure it's the algorithm that you figured out finally. No, it just took you two and a half. No, years. I just think it. That's how, give me two years. Okay. Just give me two years of your time, and I'll make. Hey, so um, time stamping. I know you hate this. Yes. There used to be a time that we were like, we're not going to timestamp anything. Matter. No, it doesn't matter. YouTube mm -hmm. timestamps us, yeah. right? The people who are watching us on YouTube and see my shirt's all fuzzy because it's like this, what do you call that? Like checkered? I think the girls call it something different. Like, what level donor do you got to get to get that in the mail? I'm pretty high up. Yeah, I'm pretty high up. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. Not no, gonna yeah. Lie. Hey, I'm old, right? That's what old people do. Older. Once you become oldish. Then you start, you know, donating. It's kind of like compounding interest. Okay. Compounding efforts. Yeah. My donations have compounded yeah. over the past going on two decades. So it might not be a lot of money at once, right. but it's a lot of consistent money over time. Mm -hmm. And we're a very young university founded, I believe, in like 1973. I should know this. 67, something like that. So anyhow, it's like there's not that many alumnus who are donating money. I've just been donating so consistently for right. a long period of time. You get shirts like this in the mail. Good job for you. I was yeah. like when you donate all that money to NPR, public radio, and they send you a mug in the mail. Did you donate money to NPR? My parents did back in the day. Okay, good for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the only place that your dad can listen to classical <laughs> concerts, Yeah, right? I know. It's the only place. They don't have no classical stations. That, Orlando's radio stations are garbage. I mean, we're not Miami. We're not Atlanta. Not so Tampa. maybe for that reason. I mean, not anywhere else but Orlando. All right. Very right. good. Okay. But today's topic. Today's topic. Well, I know I want to talk about this September first because we don't have but like another three weeks to shout this shit. Oh out. yeah, dude, oh, Vegas. Damn, Vegas I, is three weeks away. I forgot about that. Three weeks away. We are going to be in Las Vegas. You and I with thousands of other mortgage professionals Got staying it. at the Palms Hotel. Yep. Right. It's a Stephen Marshall event. It's Mortgage Mastermind 2022. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the place to be. It's a hell of a good time. 
especially in September, because the weather starts cooling down a little bit. Mm. The desert gets a little bit less hot. Uh-oh. Hopefully all that heat translates to the craps table. It will. Where John Coleman will be rolling hot. Yep. Dio will be hitting the horn high yo. Horn high yo. We'll have maybe an IPA or two in our hands. Thousands. No, John, we talked about I this. Know. You and I are going under our best this is, I know, because this is a work trip. It's a work trip. Yep. And, and we are going to be speaking at this event, yes, John. Yes. You and I on stage. On time. Yes, on time, on stage, hopefully with walk-up music, hopefully with microphones. Yeah, right. I do know the room that we have is a badass room with a great view of, right of Vegas. That's so right I'm here. excited about that. Yeah. I know that during our presentation, mm-hmm. there's going to be food offered. Yeah. I know that because I hooked. We were hooked up by our friends at Jungo. Shout out Jungo. Yeah. So Jungo, the CRM company that I use Mm. and that all 100 loan officers that we support under my mortgage operation uses, they stepped up to the plate and said, hey, Dio and John, we love you. We love what you're doing. We love people who love you. Mm -hmm. Can we feed them? We're like, hell yes. Synergies. Yeah. So there we go. So we're going to be out there. Um, I believe tickets are still available. There's a, a few left. So and flights aren't that expensive. Yeah. And the hotel is Fairly inexpensive. Right. Come out and party with yeah. us. Come say hi. Yeah. Um, ask J- JC what's popping. Yeah, give if, me money for the craps table. Give him money for the craps Just, table. Just, I mean, it's going to be in chips anyway, so it's not real. How about we make a make a deal? Let's let's ask JC what's popping so many times that I, that I stop that, saying it that on the you air. lose your shit. It's only if it's bound to happen. All right, we'll see. Wait, we'll Hopefully t- not say this the trip. thing. Say, say the- it. <laughs> Hey, Jay, say it. What's poppin', Jason? Fuck, and then yeah, that's that's when I know. Hey. That's when we know. Yeah, it won't happen this trip. Maybe fast forward to 2027. Wow, 27, I think. I think this trip. No, I'm. what I'm saying is that you have way more patience, mm-hmm. right? You, you're you way more humble than that. You mm-hmm. understand. You're a man of the people. At some point, yeah, you do you need know, to give the people you know what why? they want, JC. Because it's like yin and yang. Some people operate by feeling, their gut feeling, and some people operate by data and the numbers. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. You want to do a deep dive into running our business based on feel versus running our yeah, business based to, on how, data? How to run your business based on data. Yeah, I think I know. How about this? There's very few things I know in life. Mm-hmm. I know that UCF is going undefeated this year. Wow. Well, they did almost. Win. I know the Atlanta Braves are going to go back to back as World Series champions. Shout out Kenny Lofton. I know that when I run or compete in my Ironman, it's going to suck, but then be one of the most Mm -hmm. cool elations I've ever experienced as a amateur athlete. Okay, well said. There's very few things I know, but I know those three things. Mm -hmm. And maybe I don't even know two of them. Mm -hmm. I just will them to happen. Two or three. But no, what I've experienced in life, in business especially, is that too many times... We, as business operators, which, by the way, if you're a loan officer, stop thinking like a loan officer. You're a business operator. Start thinking like a business operator. JC talks all the time. Hey, put it out in the universe. Cool. When someone asks you what you do for a living, oh, I operate a mortgage business. Now, you may operate a mortgage business of with one person, you. <laughs> I may operate a mortgage operation that is 11 branches and 120 associates. <laughs> But we both operate mortgage businesses. So I think you, you start by speaking it appropriately. And when you're running a business, loan officer, realtor, financial advisor, attorney, dentist, mm-hmm. someone like my sister who runs a credentialing business, so many times we like to do things based on feel. 
oh, I feel like this would be a good decision. That feels right. Yeah, this makes me feel good, so I'll do more of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that me going to that event is going to be a highest and best use of my time. It makes me feel good, so I must be doing right. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'm making money by doing that activity because I see the sales receipts coming in. Hmm. Well, we operate based on feel. Versus in sales, we're taught from the very beginning to know your numbers. You hear that a lot. Yeah. And if this is the first time you're hearing it, cool. But I want you to, to research books, podcasts, or trainings that you can attend that talk about knowing your numbers, mm -hmm. right? When we're training loan officers, we talk about lead tracking, right? Well, hey, how many leads did you procure this month? What was your lead conversion? What's your average loan amount? Right, that is knowing your numbers. How many calls do you need to make to schedule an appointment? How many appointments do you need to go on in order to close a transaction? Or in my case, as a loan officer, how many appointments do I need to go on in order to, to start a relationship that is worth building upon that's going to be fruitful for years to come? Because mm -hmm. I don't have a product to sell that maybe my friends in life insurance have a product to sell. Or our friend uh, over at Tom James, Jeff Deschetta, he has a product to sell, mm -hmm. right? So he knows his numbers. If I make X amount of phone calls, I'll schedule X amount of appointments. Of the X amount of appointments that I schedule, this many will cancel on me. Mm -hmm. Of those that cancel, this percentage will, will reschedule. And then still of all the appointments I go on, I'm going to have this many transactions. My average transaction sale is worth Y yeah. and my commission is Z. Right, you have to be able to know your numbers. And in business, just like in life, we have data at our fingertips. We live in the information age. Mm -hmm. right? One of the most shameful, harmful things that the boomer generation didn't do for the rest of us, us Gen Zers, us Gen Yers, us millennials, mm -hmm. they didn't protect our damn information. They gave it away for free because they didn't know any better. They were taking advantage of people who were, who were more in the know, more experienced when it comes to technology. Mm -hmm. Well, at this point, you have to take what the defense has given you, right? The defense has given you, hey, there's just analytics and data all over the place. Yeah. All of our information is out there. Well, then how do we run a business based on knowledge and data, not based on feel? So the purpose of today's podcast, and I think what I would like you to title it is something about knowing your numbers or something along the lines of uh, using data to run your business. Mm -hmm. And what I'll do throughout the next probably 15, 20 minutes is let's try to give some real life examples of, of how it could not go well and how it could go well. Right. So we have just talked about knowing your numbers from like, you must know as a loan officer, as a dentist, as a retail a small business owner who owns a, a, a retail shop that sells XYZ widgets. Mm -hmm. You still need to know your numbers in order to be successful because you need to be predictable and they need to find out what patterns are working and they need to repeat those patterns, right. right? That's what we're trying to do. So on that note, what I wanted to share first is what it took for me to understand the difference between feel and data. Right, you ready for this? I'm absolutely You're ready. cool with it? Oh, yeah. You look excited. I know. Enthralled. I'm, yeah, I am. All right, perfect. <laughs> because I'll, I'll do what I can to circle back to lead trackers and, mm -hmm. and understanding how many leads and conversion ratios and you know average sale, gross profit, net profit, all of that. Mm -hmm. But in the most basic, something that I think my niece and nephew who are in middle school and elementary school could understand when it comes to feel 
versus no, mm-hmm. right? Do I know that's true or do I just feel like that's mm-hmm. true? Mm-hmm. You know, am I making a decision based on what feels right or am I making a decision based on what the numbers and the data tells me to do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to use me getting in the car with my wife, driving someplace. Mm-hmm. And for us, that same place is going to be Orlando, Florida to Tampa, Florida. It's roughly 100 miles. That drive could be anywhere between an hour and 45 minutes and three hours and 15 minutes, all depending on traffic. I grew up in Central Florida, with the exception of like a semester studying abroad in England, a couple years living up in Atlanta, and a year and a half of living in West Palm Beach, Florida, which is kind of deemed South Florida. My life has been Central Florida. Right. And it will be until my daughter graduates from high school. So that drive, Orlando to Tampa, I. Familiar. I mean, familiar <laughs> is. The way, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's an understatement. Right. I've done it once or twice. Yeah. So when we get in the car and we're going to head over, and we're going to head over to see her cousin. Shout out Jeff Berg. Shout out Mike Berg. Shout out Julie Berg. Shout out Matt Berg. The whole mm. entire Berg family. Yeah. We're going to drive over there. Okay. We, I, know how to go. I don't need GPS, John. Don't pull that up. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. What? what why are you? Lady, quit touching my damn screen. Like, what are you doing? Why are you grabbing my phone? Oh, we got to put in directions. I'm like, directions? Rerouting. I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, I know where I'm going. Yeah. Right, I drive based on feel, mm-hmm. right? Which, like, which way are you gonna go? Are you gonna take 417 to I-4? Or are you gonna take 408 to, mm-hmm. to I-4? Or are you gonna take 429 up to the turnpike, the turnpike down, you take and, 417 then, and, then, all the and down? then hop on 17 yeah. or 75? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. We'll see when we get there. Yeah, so I'm just gonna go based on feel. Yeah. Well, that's all well and good, except I chose to take 408 to I-4. Mm-hmm. Why? I wanted to see what, how the new skyscraper sure. is in downtown yeah. Orlando. I wanted to go that direction. Smooth drive. Smooth drive. It just It's where my car went. Yeah. I kind of zoned out. I had on my Whiskey Myers PlayStation on, on Pandora. Yeah. Good to go. Except this. As soon as I get on I-4, a gas tanker, like mm-hmm. a tanker, a, a big tractor trailer that carries gas, mm-hmm. has jackknifed. Mm-hmm. And is leaking gas onto I-4. Just a little spill. The entire interstate is shut down. Mm. I'm stuck there for an hour and a half. Damn. While they do cleanup. Yep. I drove on feel, and my hour and 45 to three hour and 15 minute drive just turned into four and a half hours. Damn. Holy Jesus. Right. If I would have listened to my wife, Mm. if I would have let her grab my phone, if I would have let her start touching the screen in my car... And I would have let her put in the GPS, it would have especially, t- by the way, not the car's GPS, because that's kind of... No, no one uses that. No one uses that because it doesn't give me real time. No, it doesn't. you got to pay to keep it updated. And it doesn't tell me what's going on in traffic in front Correct. of Correct. Whereas both Google Maps, and Waze, iPhone, yeah. and the iPhone app, the iPhone app is what I use, yeah. it's going to be red. It's going to tell me, stay away. Hard red. It's going to tell me to go oh, 417. Might as well walk there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why? Because that has analytics, that has data. So that is something that I feel like my niece and nephew who are in middle school and elementary school who aren't business practitioners or not operating a business, they could understand that. Mm -hmm. So if that's real life every single day, Michelle and I getting in the car, driving to go see Jeff and Mike and Matt Berg in Tampa, why shouldn't I do that in every other decision that I make? So here's something real life that I'll share with you that I'm realizing as someone who runs multiple branches for a mortgage company. Okay, what's that? I'm assuming it's data related. It's gonna be very data related, yes. Very data related is 
we are analyzing our growth plan. We're, we're analyzing, hey, what's the market giving us? What's the defense giving us? How can we mm-hmm. take advantage of that? How can we survive a year like 2022 in order to thrive in a year like 2023? What type of culture do we want, et cetera, et cetera. And when you run a branch, and by the way, I'm going to teach this to people who run a branch, but this also resonates in reverse for those fans of ours that are newly licensed, Mm -hmm. who are out there interviewing and they're trying to convince a mortgage Mm -hmm. operator to take a chance on them, to offer them training, to offer them um, a job, to offer them mentorship. Mm -hmm. I think you need to understand what's being trained and taught to your potential sales manager, branch manager, regional manager, so that it'll allow you to understand what's gonna be expected of you. So we are now using data to start making decisions. And what I'm realizing is for years, we have allowed people who tend to be lower producers to stick around. Hmm. They're good people, we love them. Maybe, Maybe they are the cousin of one of our top producers, right? Maybe they are um, the son of one of our best realtor partners. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, that that, sh- that data shouldn't be factored into decisions mm-hmm. that, that, that are made. But what we do decide is that there are people that, that mortgage companies would employ that you're like, well, you know, they close a loan a month. They close a loan every other month. And they're super nice, so I'm going to keep them around. Mm-hmm. Well, why are you keeping them around? Well, because that's what feels good. Yeah, that feels right. What's wrong? Yeah, know. that feels right. They're, they're a good person. That you know, th- that's an extra eight or ten loans a year that yeah. we wouldn't have had if they weren't here. They're not rocking the boat. What's wrong? But then I'm like, well, let's look at the data. What does that person cost you? Well, they don't cost anything. Yeah, is normally the answer because they're 100 commission. Oh, they don't cost anything. They're 100 commission. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, do they have a computer? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So if you want to hire someone else. You have to go buy a new computer. If that person didn't work here, you could just give them their computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a $2,000 cost, but you, you do it one time. Computers last three yeah. or four years. I'm like, how about this? Do you have a payroll company? Well, yeah. Okay, you have a software. It's usually a per user cost. What does that cost you? Whether it's ADP or Alti Pro. Is it 40 bucks a month per user, 50 bucks a month per user, 75 bucks a month per user? Because there's a cost associated with that person. Mm-hmm. How about a phone? Do you have a phone system? Is your phone system per user? Even if it's only $10 per phone, you rent the phone, $15 per phone. Okay, cool. Add that to what it costs for the payroll mm-hmm. HR um, user head. Mm-hmm. How about IT? Do you have someone managing your IT? Do they typically charge you like per person, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's a per head. It could be $3, $5, $10 per head, mm-hmm. but there's a cost. How about your loan origination software? This stuff is adding up. Yeah. What, what is that? Oh, it's 100 bucks. How about your CRM? How much is that? Oh, it's 60 bucks a month. All right, cool. Then you get into this. What about benefits? Did your company offer benefits? What do benefits cost your company? Because certain managers are are in charge of or responsible for fiscal matters, fiscal economics of their branch. Meaning, does your branch make money and lose money? Mm-hmm. Well, when I have someone who is on health benefits, that could be Although that person's only paying four or six or nine hundred dollars a month, there's a cost. Their cost, mm-hmm. the employee cost, the employer cost, could be another six to thirteen hundred dollars. So then, I want to convert that to basis points. So 
I'm, I'm starting to look at as a hiring manager, okay, I'm going to onboard this originator and this originator needs to produce at least this many loans per month, at least this much volume per month, regardless of who their mom is, regardless of who their cousin is, because the data is telling me that there is a cost associated with that person. And that cost is going to range somewhere on the very low end of probably 300 bucks and on the very high end, $2,000. So let's split the difference. Mm -hmm. And let's just say it's somewhere around 1200 bucks on average. Okay. All right. Well, for me as an employer to pay out $1,200 on a loan originator who is funding a million bucks a month, what's 12 basis points? That is factored into my business model. That when I hire John Coleman to be a loan officer for my branch, and I pay John Coleman his 100 or his 150 basis points, mm -hmm. and, and John goes out and sells my rates and my products and gets supported by my team of loan officer assistants, loan partners, processors, closers, et cetera, yep. that I have built in somewhere that John Coleman cost me 12 basis points on average of his production for things like his Encompass, his Jungo, his phone, his computer, his benefits, mm -hmm. his credit reports, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when John Coleman closes $300,000 a month or $200,000 a month, let's go. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about 30 to 40 basis points. Whoa. So not only does John not really bring a whole lot of value to our team. We love him. He's yeah. a super nice guy. Great guy. Love to go drink a Negroni with the guy. Yeah. Right? But he's costing me 40 basis points. Slowly bleeding out. And then what happens when John goes two or three months where he just, you know, he blanked. Because huh. that's how he is. He'll do three loans and he won't do a, a couple loans. Well, when when those loans transpire, or when, when he doesn't fund, he still has all that overhead. Mm -hmm. That's still 1200 bucks a month, 1200 bucks a month, $1,200 a month. Now, when he does close a loan, good for John, he made three grand. Bad for me. I'm barely breaking even. I'm barely breaking even. He <laughs> hasn't paid back. He yeah. hasn't paid back what he what he took. Right. So, as a hiring manager, to use that as a real life example, something that's transpiring in my world right now, I have to make a long, hard look and make some difficult decisions based on data, not based on whether or not John's a good guy. He's a good guy. No one's going to dispute that. Mm -hmm. But. I have the responsibility either to myself because I'm paid on a P&L or to my employer who pays me a salary and, and gives me bonus incentives to run a business soundly. Right. And I think that's the message we're trying to teach today is you have to be able to know your numbers. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to know the data and you have to be able to make conscious decisions as a business operator. Any questions on that? Because I have another example that I'm going to give that's more specific to loan officers. I do, but you know me where I go about data and feel because I'm a more of a gut feeling person. Okay. Um, aside from you being at the craps table, you just throw all caution to the wind when it comes to data and should I do this? You just trust your feeling and just let it roll. Um, when have you made a decision when the data was telling you absolutely not, but you trusted your gut and your gut actually came out correct? Next to never. Next to never. In fact, I think that's why we talk about those decisions because they're so rare. How often, how often do you see a five foot three point guard starting in the NBA or being a six man in the NBA? We don't, but we talk the shit out of Spud Webb, although he hasn't played for 30 years. Yeah. 
You know, I, it's just, I think that is very rare that that actually happens. Do you know why I'm down thousands of dollars in my career in craps? Your, my, your gut? Yeah, I, I play like a jack wagon. <laughs> I have fun. Right. Right? I, I, I'm not reliant on making money. I know that going into it. So my mindset is one in which oh, yeah. I don't play by the numbers. Right. There's been many times I've been at a craps table that a uh, our, rest in peace, Dennis Cregan, because he was our CFO for years and years and loved the man dearly. Dennis looked at me one night at like 1 a.m. He's like, Dio, mathematically, even if you, even if that, that number gets rolled, I'm pretty confident you will only win $3. But if that number doesn't get rolled, I'm pretty confident you're going to lose about $175. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, watch this. Yeah. Hey, watch this. Yeah, I mean, because I was playing by feel. I right. wasn't playing playing by the numbers. Yeah. And you use craps, but that's a, that's a, like a real mm -hmm. life story. Um, I think you follow your gut sometimes when you have two decisions to make, uh -huh. and both decisions are fairly similar in in what it on, on the data that you collected mm -hmm. and you're like well i have to choose left or right okay cool follow your gut um the reason why i fell in love with this industry early on is i would tell people well, good why i like math is math doesn't lie numbers don't lie the numbers are the numbers it's on us to know them it's on us to the data's out there it's a matter of, do you pull it do you analyze it do you look at it do you actually run the report so that you can make decisions? That's also how you can measure success. Mm. Hey, am I getting better? I don't know. Let me look at the data, right? Am I getting better? Well, what am I measuring today? If I'm measuring lead conversion, well, if I used to convert at 23% and today I'm convert converging at 26%, yes, I am getting better at lead conversion. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm spending so much time on increasing my lead conversion by 5%, that my leads dropped from 60 a month down to 30. Huh. 30 leads with a 26% lead conversion versus 60 leads at a 23% lead conversion. I think I should focus on getting more leads, mm -hmm. right? That's where I need to understand the data that's, that's coming into it. There are branches right now in the mortgage industry that I'm pretty confident that the regionals or the VPs or the area managers would actually prefer those branch managers just stop really? originating loans. Like, just stop. We lose more money the more loans you do based on the data that we hmm. have in front of us, right? If if you have a uh, an originator or a producing sales manager that makes X in personal comp plus Y in override, and they're originating a bunch of products that don't have a whole lot of SRP or yield spread attached to them. If they have a team of loan officers and loan partners and a marketing rep and a dialer, plus they spend this much money in personal coaching and they spend this much money in marketing and advertising, and they're taking 50 basis points pricing shortages on every loan that they're, that they're locking. Yeah. Every loan that they lock is coming at a 20 basis point net negative. So when someone does 6 million, their company just lost $12,000. Damn. When someone does three million, they only lost six thousand. When someone does a million, they only lost two thousand. It's like to a certain point, like man, I, I, I prefer you just quit quit doing loans altogether. I lose right. less money. Right. Now that example, by the way, if you really dissected it, wouldn't be as accurate as I made it because you do have fixed cost in there. Mm -hmm. um, fixed cost would be people like, look, the rent is going to be the same, the copiers are going to be the same, the personnel is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. 
So um, if they were doing one or two million, you'd have to like change the personnel. That's probably the first place you'd go change. But I think it's it's knowing the numbers. So that was um, high level if you're running a business. Mm -hmm. And and I use the mortgage business because I know that very well. But I promise you, you're running a real estate business. You're running a life insurance business. And a business can be a solopreneur. Look, it's you. You work at Northwestern Mutual. You're 1099. Mm -hmm. You're still running a business. Um, same thing goes for if you're over at Morgan Stanley and you're a financial advisor, you're still running a business. Or you're over at um, Raymond James, you're still running a business. Mm -hmm. My friends that are dentists, attorneys, et cetera, especially when you're you, you're you in your own practice. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you're an attorney for Morgan and Morgan, then not nah, right. John Morgan runs that business, or, right. or his disciples, his people do. Right. So um, my last story that I can try to hammer home, it's an oldie but a goodie. I've shared it before. I don't know if I share it on this on this particular uh, podcast, but I've definitely done it in, in loan officer coaching. Mm -hmm. My business partner Mike Smalley talk about him a lot because uh, you know I think the world of him. Um, and he's a really awesome mortgage dude. Like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, like, really good. And um, I always tell this story. I, in fact, I told Mike, like, uh, a week ago. I'm like, by the way, I still tell the blah, blah, blah story. Okay. And I won't use names, you know. That, that ain't fair to the people that were involved. Okay. But there is a time when Mike, no matter how great he is today and how great he's been for the 14 years I've been working with him, mm -hmm. we all have areas of improvement. Mm -hmm. Today. I have massive amounts of improvement that I've already recognized that I can work on. Mm -hmm. And I have even more improvement that hasn't even made, made it to the light for me to acknowledge I need to work on it. Mm -hmm. So Mike had two realtor partners. Not he had 200, but these are the two that he was comparing it to. Okay. This was the first time Mike was like, you know what? Let me go look at the data. And I'm sure that Mike probably had some coach that told him to do this. Yeah. That's why we need coaching. This is why we need to go to conferences. This is why we need to go workplaces where they mentor you. And in Mike's mind, he thought Terry, we'll call her, mm -hmm. was his bell cow. Google that one, youngsters, bell cow. Mm -hmm. He thought that Terry, because he spent $2,000 a month with Terry, doing co-branded marketing and advertising because Terry had five buyer's agents because Mike spoke every month at Terry's office because Terry referred Mike and his team 37 leads a month mm. that they then had to work, right? They had to call them, text them, email them, mm. put them in the CRM. And then when they got them on the phone, go through a pre-qual, turn into a pre-approval, et cetera, et cetera. Larry, Terry and Larry, there yeah. we go. Larry was a realtor that Mike had worked with, and Larry attended a couple of Mike's happy hours, had once attended this big business workshop that Mike sponsored and spoke at. Uh -huh. And it was recognized as being a good agent in the market. Now, Larry doesn't own his own brokerage, doesn't have a big team, doesn't have five buyers agent, and Mike wasn't spending $2,000 a month mm -hmm. and getting 37 leads. Mike would get some months two leads, some months four, four leads, occasionally zero, occasionally one, mm -hmm. right? It would probably boil down to somewhere around 20 to 25 leads a year. Okay. After 18 months, Mike finally went back and did his data. 18 months at $2,000 a month is $18,000. That's what he had paid Terry. 18 months is 18 times he had driven to Terry's office to speak 
probably stopped at Chick-fil-A or Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme and, and brought some food. 18 months of having to work, like work, work the leads. Mm-hmm. Call, text, email, prequal, prequal to pre-approval. Mike closed seven transactions. Seven transactions. From all that work. From all of that work. With Larry, he closed four. Mm. Four transactions. All of a sudden, Mike's like, holy cow. I didn't even stop to acknowledge Larry's birthday. I don't even know where Larry lives. I can't even remember which particular Keller Williams office he works out of. Right. Yet, Terry, I've been all in on, and I would have told everybody, Terry, she's my number one. We are tight. We are all in. The problem is Terry's leads were all tire kickers. Mm. They all didn't have jobs. They all had bad credit. Her buyer's agents were not well-trained. Her buyer's agents uh, were not full-time. They were not serious. Whereas Larry, Larry had been a realtor for 20 years. He's one of the best of the best. Oh, by the way, when he did close, average loan size was like 200 grand with Terry, mm-hmm. 300 grand with Larry. Mm-hmm. By the way, loan officers, most of us get paid based on loan size. Right. And it was less work. It was less time. It was less commitment. Right. It was no money out of pocket. Right. And Mike's just thinking, wait a minute. If I fired Terry, like just said, hey, yeah. not only am I not spending you spending two thousand dollars a month with you, kick rocks. I'm not even going to come to your office anymore, and I think you should find a new lender to do this for you. Mm-hmm. What if I actually got to know Larry? Mm-hmm. What if I actually, because he Larry has more business out there, yeah, right? It just Mike wasn't working for it. He wasn't trying to earn it. He was, it was he earned it in the essence that Larry respected him as a top lender in the market yeah. and knew that he would take good care. Yeah. But Mike had never expressed, hey, Larry, I want, I want to be your number one. I want to be your go-to. Hey, Larry, who else is like you? Because birds of a feather flock together. Mike needed to start hanging out with more Larrys and less Terrys. Mm-hmm. It took data. It took knowing your numbers, not feeling. Because feeling, well, it feels like, yeah. look how busy I am. Look how busy I'm going to see Terry. Talking all these realtors all the time. Yeah. Look, look, look at all these office meetings I'm doing. Look at all this money I'm spending. Look at all these leads we're working. Meanwhile. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think those are the two major stories that like, if you're running a branch, are you running your branch based on feel or based on data? If you're a solopreneur, salesman, saleswoman, are you making your sales calls? Are you making your marketing plan based on what feels good or based on what you know works? It's every reason why when someone hits me up and they're like, hey, D.O., who do you know that builds really good websites and is really good at SEO because I want to do some lead generating for mortgage leads? Mm-hmm. I don't know and I don't care to know. And I know people get taken aback by that answer. And I'm like, I know how to be successful in this business. I know that it is by marketing to people who can refer me consistent business, mm-hmm. marketing people in my community who need and who run across people who need home loans. I know how to do that by texting, DMing, Facebook messaging, being active on social media, picking up the phone and making a phone call, grabbing my email, attending an industry function. Mm -hmm. And then when I get a hold of those people trying to find a way to bring value to their business, 
That's what I know that works. That's the data that I'm going off of. The other data, I know if I try to go that route, I'm competing against Rocket. I'm competing against Better.com, assuming they're still in business. That's a big fat assumption in today's market. I'm competing against New American. Right? I'm competing against all of the banks and credit unions who, if I'm an individual loan officer, I can't compete with their ad spend. Yeah, I get crushed. And by the way, because those types of people with those types of, of financial backing are in that space, it's one of the highest leads to purchase, and it's one of the hardest SEOs to crack. Hmm. And their websites have been around for 10, 20 years. I'm trying to build a website. Where am I going to be on page 19? If that. If that. <laughs> and then what type of borrower does that give me? Mm-hmm. Is that a borrower who, who is being referred to me because I'm the trusted advisor? Or is that the borrower who's going to get to me because they want the cheapest interest rate? Or how the one that fell through all the cracks and landed on your doorstep. Or or is it the borrower that's been told no two or three times? Mm-hmm. So they went online looking for a lender, hoping someone else will tell them a different answer. Right. And so when I when I answer your questions on LinkedIn or on on YouTube or Instagram wherever people reach out to us or lately yeah, the, the online community the online the online forum go to theloanofficerpodcast.com go to tlop tlop mm-hmm. online.com check out all the additional content we have there mm-hmm. and if you really really dig the content the best stuff mm-hmm. we ask you to give us a $25 donation mm-hmm. monthly Use your credit card, get your points. Mm-hmm, yeah. If you hate it, cancel it. Yeah. No big deal. But on the online community just today, yeah, I answered yeah. another question. Yeah. By the way, did you? Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I forwarded it on. Um, you forwarded it on. <laughs> Sometimes I'll hop on and actually yeah. answer them. Yeah. Other times, JC will like, if he can't answer it on his own, he'll actually email me or text me. Hey, Dio, this question came in because he knows if I'm on the road, I can, right. you know, I can type him back the response. He can log in and put it on there. Right. What we want you to know is it's there's it's available. Right. But when I'm answering those questions, I do my best to always answer it with what I know based on data, mm. based on data, not based on how I feel and my encouragement with this episode. Think of everything else that we do. And then it's like, okay, does that work? I don't know. Well, you should know. Mm. And if you don't know, then cool, you need to run a beta test. You need to compare it to something else. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you need to make a decision based on ROI, right? What's my return on investment? And your return on investment is both time as well as dollar for dollar spend, mm-hmm. right? If I spend $3,000 a month on Zillow ads, I should expect to get $9,000 a month back mm-hmm. in terms of commission. That's a three to one. If I give a realtor a $500, um, Co-branded marketing with Boomtown, I should expect to have as, as as enough leads so that I'm getting a three to one or a four to one or five to one. Like that's just simple ROI. It's knowing your numbers. Yeah. Not knowing your numbers would be like this. I'm going to go work the food and wine festival in my local town with um, this particular title company. It's going to cost me $500. Mm-hmm. Should I do it? That's the question I, I got probably a couple couple months ago. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, well, what do you get out of this? Where's your win? Right, because I, I need data. What am I going to get from this decision that I'm going to make? Mm-hmm. How much time are you going to spend? Are you just giving $500 and showing up? Oh, no. That was the answer. Oh, no. We're going to meet three times and we're going to 
we're gonna plan it and we're gonna come up with a menu and we're gonna come up with games and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this. Plus we're gonna go about and buy an Amazon gift card, so we're gonna do a giveaway. How much time you didn't put into this? Well, I'm only gonna be there from ten to six. I'm like eight hours on Saturday. Right. But how much time leading up to it? Another eight hours, so sixteen hours of your time. And what are you gonna get out of it? Like, is the title rep gonna go introduce you to 20 realtors? Because if that's the case, I can quantify that. Yeah. Oh, well, this title rep, by me partnering with him or her, we are going to, she's promised me to make 20 introductions. All right, well, ask yourself, does the data support you spending $500 and 16 hours of your time to have 20 introductions to local realtors? I would probably answer that, yes, that's worth my time. Mm -hmm. If that's not the case, oh no, what are you gonna do? You're gonna convince someone to come by your booth and do a loan with you? Not saying it won't happen, I'm just right. gonna say the odds are stacked against your favor. So now you spent $500 and six and 16 of your hours, mm -hmm. to, again, to get what? Usually to make yourself feel good. You felt good because you were busy. You felt good because you were planning something. You felt good because you showed up. And yes, showing up is better than not showing up at all. John and I are living proof. This podcast has only taken off because we show the F up. Yeah, right. Right? We we live James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. It's taken us this long. We're finally getting good. Yeah. But um, this, I think we're getting good. Y'all might think we still suck. Do me a favor. If you think we suck, don't tell anybody. <laughs> if you think right. we're good, y'all, yeah. please be sharing us. Yeah. Share, like, five-star reviews, repost, all that stuff. Yeah. We love doing this. We want to keep doing it. Yeah. But we can only keep doing it if we continue to watch our audience grow. Mm -hmm. And it's y'all's energy. It's that feedback mm -hmm. that gives us some of our best ideas that creates the, yeah. the, the best. I look at the data. I hate data. And I look at it and I like seeing the ski slope go up in terms of followers and engagement. You so. promised me a hockey stick. Well, if you look at it over time. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is that is all the time we have for today. And yeah. I do think I'm probably late for my three o'clock call by by about this time because I tend to go yeah. a little bit long winded. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, Tuh. data, baby, data, 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 mm -hmm. know your numbers starting with lead tracking and lead conversion, but going up to the most highest, the most difficult decisions you can make. Stop making decisions based on feel. Start making decisions based on data. We, we, we only scratched the surface mm. on today's episode. Gave you two, two and a half examples of, of what you could be doing. Word. You good with that, John? I'm great with that. Awesome. On that note, he's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today, but we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.